Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, hello. Hello, my friend. I think we need to tell everybody how flipping early it is in the morning right now. Yeah, we, this this. <laughs> This podcast immediately needs further context before we even get going, mate. So I mean, it's what is it? It's like ten to nine ten right now nine on Easter Sunday, no less. Oh, oh my God! Happy Easter, by the way. Happy, oh, happy, happy, uh, happy Easter, mate. Happy Easter. I can't think of anything better to do right now than start my Easter oh. with a flipping podcast. I just see Matt's cheery face <laughs> at ten to nine in the morning. Just oh. Absolutely fills me with happiness. It has brightened up my morning, that's for sure. That's but I've also got coffee that helps, so we- that, that, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah equally got my coffee, coffee mug hand, <laughs> mate. Very good morning. This is our. This is instead of alcohol, we've chosen the wise choice. We could have gone. We could have gone straight to an alcohol drink. Let's be honest. We probably yeah. could have done that. Easter but. Sunday, it probably it would have been acceptable to uh, whack out the old rum. But it's a, yeah, to be honest. I'm probably going to start drinking about one o'clock, maybe, yeah, because yeah. Tw- twelve o'clock's a bit, a bit close, isn't it? You, you you've got children, so you definitely need. That's true. Like this, so. yeah, I do absolutely. You've absolutely got a kid pass to, oh, uh, yeah, whacking out I've... that rumble. <laughs> to whack it out the rumble, whacking them with the rumble. Uh, no, I'm joking. I don't hear my children. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Um, the what's what's bad is that we probably should have done the Incredible Hulk in on Easter Sunday in the morning because there maybe it would have had a happier, you know. Yeah, I feel like the last podcast. There's a lot. There was a lot of negativity there. It was a bit of a Debbie Downer, wasn't it? Bit of a Debbie Downer, but you know, yep. we're going to have those. Not all the films that we're going to look at are going to be. Not all Marvel films are great. I had, I've got to put that out there. That's very true. That's very true. You know, I've I've actually refrained from watching uh, Morbius simply because of the negative reviews. But I'm going to have to watch it at some point, obviously. But like, yeah, I, I think I think it was a bit of a Debbie Downer last last pod, but equally needed. Because it's within the chronological order of which we are doing this, people, isn't it? So we are, you know, just to kind of, if you're new, if you're literally, you've just stepped in right now into this podcast, going, who the heck are these two guys talking about random stuff about Marvel? Um, We are literally going through the cinematic universe of the Marvel films in date of release. So we've done what we've done, Iron Man first, uh, we've done The Incredible Hulk, uh, and today uh, we're going to be talking about Iron Man 2.
Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. I I really enjoyed watching it. Um, there are a couple of things or kind of questions and gripes that I have, but they're not major, mate. Honestly, I think it was um a pretty sound sequel. So, you know, so this is what Iron Man 2 now. So if you had a chance to, if you're listening and, you know, you're hopefully you're following along with us, actually, you know, I do recommend you do. Um, if you're sticking with us for this pod, make sure you get to watch the films before you listen to it so you can be part of the conversation. Um, but yeah, so Iron Man 2, I think, you know, I think it comes in terms of the way that it feels, again, we always kind of think contextually about this when we sort of start. Um is that the whole Avengers initiative setting up for the Avengers film is so very apparent in this yeah. film, which I love, which I love because that's, that's the kind of thing you want to see as well. You, you start to see the, the wider world and the wider picture that it's not just about one protagonist. It's not just about Iron Man. You've got yeah. all these other characters now coming in or kind of actually more character characters that are in the first film that have been fleshed out a little bit more. And I'm going to, probably reveal something quite surprising to you for us later oh. um as we get to it um okay but yeah yeah well you know in terms of your thoughts about a sequel do yeah. you think it's up do you think in terms of all the sequels that you've seen mm. do you think that's up do you think this is up there i feel like this basically could be iron man one like it feels like a and i'll, yeah. I'll explain myself over the course of the next couple of hours but I do think that actually there are multiple like similarities between this and the first film. And, and it's kind of a, and if you take into consideration of the fact that the incredible Hulk, a lot of about a lot of what happened in that film, you know, completely got discarded and, and it kind of feels like a, a reset to me. It feels like the, it feels like the point where they went, right, this is working we know we, we're, we're going to make a lot of films out of this. We know there's a lot of interest. There's a massive universe. And, and that it was this film, although there were Agent Coulson and S.H.I.E.L.D. Were, were mentioned and it clearly was part of the picture, I feel like this film is the right, let's get, let's get, let's get cracking. Yeah. Mm. And it, like, even the beginning, right? So we'll go, let's go, let's start at the beginning of the film. So we hear the press conference, don't we, from the yes. from the first film. So we get that end that end bit where he said, "I am Iron Man," right? Yeah. So even then, it's like, right, okay, brand new fans, establishing where we're at. Uh, he says, "It's been a long time since I've stood up in front of you." Oh, I quite like that as an opening phrase, uh, mm-hmm. especially as it's like this film. So yeah, we haven't actually done that, Matt. That this oh, the day, the day. Yeah, when did this? Yeah, we we need to. We haven't even done the synopsis, <laughs> mate. <laughs> mate, we've just rushed straight into it. We're skipping oh, steady on. <laughs> We're uh, so the, the release was the thirtieth of April two thousand and ten. Thirtieth of April two thousand and ten. What were you doing in two thousand and ten, mate? Two thousand and ten. I would have been in my oh. Uh, in April, end of the first year of college, about to embark on my last year of college, A levels. What about you? 2010. Um, uh, I was I was 20 by then, so I would have just I would have been in my final year in my BA. Oh yeah, near or kind of going into it. Final Weird. year of your BA, and I was I wasn't even out of college. That's, yeah, that's that is that is very upsetting. 
for me. It, feel, it feels insane, especially as w- us two feel quite close in age. Yeah, we do. About that, yeah. It feels yeah. like a million miles away. Like you were absolutely, you were getting hammered most nights, probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was lucky if I could like bring in a WKD into a house party. <laughs> Forest, what's the synopsis of this movie, mate? With the world now aware that he is Iron Man, billionaire inventor Tony Stark faces pressure from all sides to share his technology with the military. He is reluctant to divulge the secrets of his armoured suit, fearing the information will fall into the wrong hands. With Pepper Potts and Rhodey Rhodes by his side, Tony must forge new alliances and confront a powerful new enemy. That is a stacked synopsis, isn't it? That is full to the brim. Full to the brim of not a lot of information, though. I've got to no, say. it's kind. It's, it's a lot of hype. Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. But you know, what's I think <laughs> if Incredible Hulk had a bit more hype in its synopsis, I'd probably be a little bit more into it. But this does this really does kind of give you kind of uh, an idea of how much is going to be going on in the film. Yeah. How? Yeah. yeah. And that's it, there is so much to unpack about this film because it, it it is it both gives you a lot, but also like almost restrains itself in a weird way. One of the things I really like about the like the opening I don't know hour of the film or half an hour to an hour of them, is that we get we go back to Moscow, right? Uh, so we get the idea of, of a villain. We, we, we kind of, we see Ivan creating whatever he might be creating, whatever Ivan's doing in the background. And I, I really like that. I really like the fact that it, you know, we don't, we don't know any of that story, right? We don't, have, we don't have any, right? We're just seeing this guy. Um, but, it's all about, and it juxtaposes uh, Stark going on about world peace. And uh, if it wasn't for him, uh, we, you know, the world w- would be in absolute turmoil. Um, and I really like that they, they they layer it like that. We don't go straight into a villain. We don't go straight into any fight. You know, it's all harmonious, fake fake like harmony. It, you know, it's, we see we have the big court scene. Um, and we we see that actually it's it's nowhere near as harmonious at all as it seems. But I, I really like that. I really like. I that. think it's. I think you're right. I think it kind of the way it paces itself, and especially in that opening, where it goes sort of like a flip back into the you know first Iron Man with him revealing that he is Iron Man, and then it goes straight to Moscow, into this kind of different setting, different place with these new characters. Um, with that, it gives you the immediate circumstance of going actually. Iron Man is an established character here. We need to throw in some new ones very quickly. And I think I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges of this movie is that you've got so many new characters that are coming in that need establishing. They had to establish the villain immediately. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. Um, so we start with, yeah, it's Ivan. Is it Ivan? Ivan. Um, who is played by uh, Mickey Rourke. 
um, of all of all actors. I this I'm going to throw straight in my gripe. My gripe is Mickey Rourke. I think being in this role, um, I don't I don't know I don't know I just I. I, I I don't know whether it was the fact that there wasn't enough of the villain in the movie simply because of how much and how stacked the movie is. Um, but I thought, you know, the, the whole kind of, again, context to it, the fact that his father worked with T- um, Tony's dad um, and they together were coming up with this new uh, element, um, which plays a big role in the second movie. And basically, uh, you know, it, you know Tony Stark's dad. What's his? What's his? Anton Anton Vanko was his. Anton Vanko. So he kind of wanted the money side of everything, and he kind of went through a kind of like a greed kind of perspective. Whereas um, Tony's dad uh, kind of was looking at creating a new element for new energy, for more, more sustainable energy, and using it kind of a more uh, for the people thing. Um, and there you got two lovely kind of opposed. Uh, views you got you know a, a, a nice sort of deep kind of rich uh, backstory there um, again and this is another thing mate I would have loved to have seen that being played out you know seeing Ivan's dad Anton being in this you know we think we were talking about in the first one giving you know seeing Obadiah in the you know in a Disney yeah. plus you know series well, and then we could you know, we could have Tony's dad doing his own mini series with all these kind of, you know, stories that play into the movie. Yeah, it would have been nice to have had. I absolutely agree. I think it would have been nice to see that play out or at least for there to have like been a reason why they didn't do that, whether they were planning a series around Star- like Stark Industries series would have been quite yeah. cool to have a look at the past. And I, I, I like, I, I mean, I, I understand why they didn't, flesh that out obviously because it's that that whole that's all set up isn't it that's all set up for the movie Mm. but it's it's such an opportunity i hopefully down the line maybe we will see it down the line i really hope we do they're most hilarious so as we record this the next film on the horizon is dr strange's um multiverse of madness right now if obadiah rocked up in an alternative like yeah alternative could you imagine oh my god i mean us having to keep shut about that for like however many podcasts would just be absolutely brutal (laughs) so excited for that movie i'm so excited for that movie it looks so good um anyway but um so it starts with that we set it up and then you know then it goes straight into the iron man expo doesn't it yep which and and this is where we get so when I said about mirroring between Iron Man and Iron Man Two, we get straight away. So he's got uh, he's got dancers behind him. He's he's uh, he's showcasing his ego with with his speech. He's saying if it wasn't for him, you know, uh, East Western relations wouldn't be good. There wouldn't be world peace. So it's exactly the kind of like when he's joking to the army in the first film, in the first like literal couple of minutes of the film that we see Tony Stark, uh, and he's showcasing that ego, showcasing that mentality that he has, uh, and he's doing it yeah. with a, like a bigger audience now. Yeah, what I what I love about this bit in the beginning as well is just it's just the badass entr- entrance that like ACDC is coming down. I think it's shoot to thrill the song. Uh, yeah, shoot to thrill. Yeah, I even oh, put it down. So there. Good. I love that. Yes, 
it's such a good tune. And then he comes in and it's Stark Expo and he's got his cheerleaders behind him. And I'm like, it sort of dawned on me when I watched it. And I was like, actually, this is the f- first film of, 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 of that I know of, that maybe that I have saw, you know, especially back in 2010, that would have been the first movie in where I've seen a superhero being publicly known and their identity being publicly known as well and being celebrated around that as well. So they're like, oh, my God, it's Iron Man. Oh, Tony Stark, Iron Man. Like, they know who that is. And he's playing up to that and he's celebrating that. And he's like, he's riding on the biggest high as well, being like, look at me. I'm, I'm Iron Man. Look, I'm, I look awesome, right? Of course he looks awesome. I think that's really, I know, that's something for me. I was like, that's really quite cool because you don't really get that. You always get the dark, brooding nobody's supposed to know my identity you know you know with great power comes great responsibility no one should know who i am i want to protect my loved ones now i tony stark's like yeah man i'm mine man <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, and that's the coolest thing I'm, ever this is where i'm at in life yeah, yeah i think that's really i think it's a really fresh approach and i think actually the way again that kicks off it brings the energy into the movie immediately it, it works as well because he spent his whole life like dedicated to creating the science that creates you know um that creates these uh, co- uh oh, i was gonna say costumes he wouldn't be happy with that would he um <laughs> but yeah creating the, the this arm armor so like you're gonna yeah. show it off aren't you? you're not gonna be like, oh, and as well if you're in an Iron Man movie, if you're in an Iron Man suit, you're gonna feel cool. If you make, how would you feel if you were stand, if you were inside an Iron Man suit? I'd feel hot, probably. A bit, a bit. <laughs> just a bit hot, bit sweat, <laughs> bit clammy, bit clammy. I mean, could I get edgy? Yeah, just a uh, tissue, please. Yeah, just wipe away. Yeah, no, lovely, lovely. Uh, but no, you, you'd feel you'd feel abs. <laughs> I've just got thoughts of you forgetting in it. You know, and you know that first person kind of view where he's got the, it's all dark, he's got the screen, he's got a light on his face and all the stuff's around him and Jarvis, and your face might be pressed right up against like, the camera and Jarvis just like, are you okay, So You're like, oh, mate, 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 I can't even, I can't even fit. What's going on in here? What's going on? What's <laughs> that thought with you? Oh mate, I gotta get you in an Iron Man suit now. Yeah, I've see it. So the um, yeah, and the other thing was that it, it and I looking back, I think I like it. Is that the expo? You go, oh, he's mentioned world peace, hell of a lot here. We've just been to Moscow. We've seen that that's not the case, and then you almost wonder if if it did mirror the first film. And he has that chat with the army and it's all looks pretty like all quite quiet. And then suddenly out of nowhere, it goes mad. And there mm-hmm. was a part of me that was like, Oh, are we about to like, is shit about to hit the fan right now? Right now. Like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was, I don't, yeah, that's, that's quite interesting. What I love, especially in this first, there were no, this first sequence thinking about it again, actually, it really it is actually quite good. Um, it's this uh, incredible Hulk. Uh, you need to take a leaf out of this fucking film because this is how you do an opening sequence, not a whole origin story in two minutes. Um, anyway, um, I, you can see that Robert Downey Jr. has really settled into the character Massive. in that in that first that first scene where he comes in. It's it's I don't know. I keep talking about it. I think it's one of my favorite entrances for a superhero. Like it, it's just it, it's just really cool. Um, 
uh and, and you know staying into the expo as well um something to think about as well if you're thinking in the mcu uh kind of universe um this is at the point when mysterio is employed by stark industries and mysterio at that event is backstage uh doing his work and getting sick of his job kind of thinking in the back of your heads that you know if we're kind of putting this in you know in canon with what's happening in mcu that is what's happening with the mysterio um also larry king's there aka stan lee do you see that bit yeah it was blinking you miss it moment mate it was it bearing in mind like they they corrected the wrongs of incredible hulk and gave him far too much of a uh a cameo and then it went completely opposite way and you see like blinking you miss it moment there he was it was just it was just, it was a first person shot, wasn't it, of of Tony Stark coming out of the expo, and then he sees all these people, and he obviously he's got all his adoring fans and girls giving him his number and all that kind of stuff, and then he's, he literally it's just such a quick shot. You see <laughs> Stanley dressed as Larry King, and like Tony Stark goes, "Oh, Larry King," and then that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and it's it, great. The, the happy. Happy already is in the film more than he was in the whole of the first movie by this point. Mm. Like his whole bodyguard shot were like him like looking after Tony going for the press and all that. It, it, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Now, now, now they've established that John was reasonably good in the first film. Mm. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I'll give myself, I'll give myself a bit more in the second film. Isn't it amazing just to think that he has played a role that is effectively a bodyguard like he is he is he is literally such a minor character but he is probably one of the most most long-standing members of the mcu that's currently as far as we're you know a date of this podcast is still alive in the, in the mcu right so i think that's brilliant he's so good um just talk about that moment as he kind of exits the expo um he gets then uh cornered by uh somebody serving him notice a, a subpoena in, in American terms, he's got served. He's got to go to court, effectively. Um, uh, I don't know if you saw the Easter egg, mate, but like when the marshal, I think the, the lady's name was called Marshall, um, she was she showed her badge. Did you notice the badge? I did notice a bit of Captain America. Yeah, it's the yeah. Captain America badge. But that wasn't the biggest Captain America Easter egg, was it? No, no. <laughs> It, they alluded to good old Captain America. I think they're probably more than twice, but definitely twice. Yeah, there was definite uh, hints of Captain America in there, physical hints with the shield, and obviously that that badge as well. So it was it was just literally the shield of Captain America, but in kind of black and white. And I thought that's really interesting. Who I know, you know, what organization starts? What organization has? has stolen effectively mm. that logo but they haven't stolen it though, have they because if, if and this is me with my memory and watching because the whole idea is that captain america is a symbolic of the country right so is that that's, not ju- that's just an emblem that they use on the regular anyway so mm. he's he's just encapsulated that within his you know within his role in his character and that sets up obviously a lot with with what happens at Civil War, yeah. which is something I'm particularly very very excited to talk about because that's a flipping brilliant movie. Um, so we go to that bit, and then so we then kind of skip straight into the court scene, doesn't it? One and hell of a scene. 
one hell of a scene. I love it. Absolutely bonkers. Like we get, we introduced to Justin, Justin, yeah, Hammer. Justin Hammer. Yeah, Hammer Industries. We see, you know, Stark Industries versus Hammer Industries. Who's going to win? It's always going to be Stark. Let's be. <laughs> At no point did you ever think Hammer Industries had a chance. Um, and who plays him? What's the what's the actor's name? Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Uh, he's a very he's a, he's a really good comedic actor. Um, Sam Rockwell. He remind he, he um, he's obviously been in a load of early two thousands, late nineties comedy movies. Um, but there's there's something about his character that I'm like, oh, I feel like we need a li- either a little bit more or a lot less. Uh, oh, we don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, th- I feel it's a difficult one because because he, he has he has one very good scene. He, he's got to mirror Tony, right? The whole idea, mm. it, 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 or he hasn't got to, but it feels like there's a mirror in there. And there, he's got his ego. Justin thinks that he, you know, his hammer industry is far superior. He, you know, he wants it to be superior. He wants to have the latest technology and to weaponize the army. And uh, but I feel. Tony Stark doesn't have any, doesn't have more. Do you know, mm. like, I, I, if the shoe was on the other foot, if we'd have been following Justin the whole time, and then in the court scene we had Tony Stark, would we not also be saying the same about him? Yeah. That's- this is the thing. I, I, for me, I, I feel like this is some bit of the plot that we might maybe not needed. I think, I think, if we got rid of the whole hammer industry thing, and then just literally just focused on Mickey Rourke's character of, of you know of Ivan and and that villain and 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 the fact that really the whole vi- the, the whole story of of him being a villain was like he did he never really needed hammer tech anyway he is an intelligent man he could do all these things so he just needed the resources right so then he could have easily just literally taken him out and taken the resources anyway or found another way in the story but if you look from the marvel like creative team perspective they they had to go they had to bring in a lot in this film that they could potentially bring back later down the line yeah, yeah. So i suppose that, yeah, by if they just bought in ivan and he just dies it becomes obadiah 2.0 do you know what i mean um but yeah yeah i, yeah. Think, I think there was i think there was a, I, I will i will back that up I'll support. I will Fair. support the hammer industries. I'll support Justin and support Sam. Yeah. And, and my, and just the thing, my, my thought there that my, it's not really a gripe. It was just kind of a. No, no, no. Matt track on it now, Matt, mate. You laid, <laughs> you laid your, your gripey seed about, oh, that sounds, you laid Sorry, that. Smack, that. <laughs> smack the mic in absolute disdain there. Um, but like, I think sticking to the court scene, mate, there, the entrance, let's, we have to talk about the entrance of Don it's, Cheadle. Come on, Rody. Rody comes in and this is, I, I'm going to throw in it right now. My favorite line is in this scene okay when he comes in so it's kind of a back of the head shot it's all you can see it's all done very deliberately they're not they're not hiding away the fact that they've just recast this they're going yeah let's just make this a thing for a a literally a split second and then get on with the movie because literally Don Cheadle as Rhodes comes in 
And Tony Stark's like, oh, I didn't know, you know, because he gets called to the stand, doesn't he? And in surprise, right? So Tony Stark goes, oh, I didn't know you were here. And then it's so good. Road goes, it's me. Deal with it. Let's move on. I'm like, oh, I, didn't, yes. I, didn't even, I didn't even clock that. That is amazing. It's so good. And I'm like, brilliant. So, so this court scene is all about kind of um, the government trying to take ownership of the Iron Man suit. And basically Tony Stark kind of explains it like, look, Iron Man and Tony Stark is one and the same thing. I am Iron Man. Therefore, this is me. You're taking part. You can't take what is me. Uh, therefore I own this suit and you're not going to get it basically. Um, and uh, Rhodes is kind of stuck in the middle with this all because he obviously is very high up in the military. He is, uh, you know, he is part of the government and he's part of the plan of getting rights to this suit so it can be, um, it can be weaponized for military gain. Um, and obviously he's a bit torn between that and, and he's kind of in the middle of it. And that's kind of effectively his arc, isn't it, really, of right. how he becomes War Machine in this movie, which is still some, there's some brilliant moments in it. Um, but we kind of move forward, don't we? We move forward back into Tony Stark's pad, effectively, uh, and we see him changing his arc reactor and it's kind of burning out. Um, and we sort of, it's sort of the film, effectively, the story reveals that he is dying. He's running out of uh, the, the charges that he needs to help sort of, you know, keep his arc reactor going. And it's kind of poisoning him as well as he goes through it. Um, I, I I like it. I think that's a nice touch. Again, I think what it does is that it shows the vulnerability of Tony Stark. Now, you know, if we, if we talk about the comics, they kind of play on the fact that he's, uh, I think he drinks a lot in the comics and I think they play on that and they sort of discuss that a bit and they show that kind of vulnerability and obviously there's a moment in the party side but I think with this in particular the fact that you go well this this isn't working this is this was an only for now situation you know in in finding the arc reactor and making sure that that kind of helps and keeps the shrap shrapnel out of him but actually in doing this it's poisoning your body and you're going, you know, you're going to be dying at some point. I, like, um, I really like the, this whole film has a massive emphasis on the science behind it. And I mm. just like, I love that. I love, I like, you know, if you are someone who is at the pinnacle of, you know, science, uh, the research and, you know, you're really forward thinking and, and, uh, at, yeah at the forefront of that then you've always got the issue of you're always gonna have to find the next thing and all so so by by having that armor and it's killing him he's trying to find this element um that that is gonna sort that out but, but he's the only one who can discover that so yeah in killing him himself through the newest technology, he's also then gonna find that find the, the the way to live through that. And um, so I, I really like I really like the science elements um, are, are quite good with that. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. And as well, during that kind of scene, then we see Pepper Potts. <gasps> Pepper Potts comes in. Okay, and um, I th well, I, th I don't know if it's this scene or not, but she gets basically, you know told that she's now ceo ceo she's worried about the stocks uh worried about stock industries she's selling art wants to sell tony's art yeah um and yeah gets announced as ceo um i i'm sorry matt i've got to go uh i absolutely think winif did a great job in this film mate and this is the moment where i'm gonna say and i, and I really gwen 
Gwen, Gwyneth, Gwen, I really hope you're listening, Gwen, because I, I really do. And I want to say this to the bottom of my heart. I was wrong. I was wrong about you. So Gwen. quickly. Gwen, what I, what I saw in this movie was what I probably wanted to see in the first, but maybe there just wasn't enough running time for you. And I, and I just want you, and that's not your, that's not your fault. That's not, that's not on you, Gwen. Okay. I know you don't make those decisions. That's all K-Dog's, you know, choice. So I just want to apologize to you. And um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, it Gwen, was a great Gwen, performance. Gwen, could I, could I just interject here and say that from the start, I thought you were incredible. Uh, oh, I never, no, no, no. I never, you know, I never second guessed, second thought your absolutely insane performance in the first film. And I thought this performance was just absolutely terrific. So, you know, I was just want to, <laughs> it's an absolute sham what you said about it. I honest, no, honestly, and I, I think this is it. I went, when I watched it and I was like, uh, okay, she is actually good. And they have get they gave her much more screen time in this film, and they fleshed out her role so much more. And the and the relationship between Pepper Potts and Tony Stark is actually quite unconventional in blockbuster films in terms of a romantic story arc. Yeah. They play it really well, and they got to explore that a little bit more. And for that, I apologize for my first comment. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A uh, big scene comes up at this point. Um, we meet Natalie Rushman. We meet yep. Scarlett Johansson, Happy and Tony are boxing it out in a boxing ring. And then, whoa, 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 here comes Scarlett as a secretary. Tony, incredibly excited from the off. Um, your thoughts? I, I, do you know what? This is the thing. I, I need to put myself in 2010 and think about 20 year old Matt watching that for the first time. Now, again, this might be controversial. Uh, when you, when she comes onto the screen, you think, well, and this is the thing, I think this is the point of it. You think nothing of the character, right? You think nothing of her. And obviously now watching it back, knowing what kind of character that is, what character that means to the MCU, you go, oh, you, I get a nostalgic pop mm. in my, in, you know, now watching that going, oh my God, that's Natalia. Oh, badass, right? Mm. 
and 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 seeing her play this kind of yeah i'm from legal secretary um it it works it works really well um i i would say that if i was watching that for the first time and not knowing anything about that character i'd be going why is this character in it and i'm not i'm not intrigued i'm just kind of like another new character right now but when you you know when you kind of put it into perspective and when it's revealed obviously later on in the movie that she's part of shield and that kind of stuff you go oh okay cool i'm in all right i got it um but there is a really cool moment in the first scenes where happy (laughs) gives her a lesson in boxing and she just immediately just flips him and destroys him absolutely absolutely so good because yeah and i think I think, yeah, but at two, 2010 me would have been like, oh, my God, Scarlett Johansson. Like, yes! I think that's probably what... I, I don't know whether they played up to that. You know, she is a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. right? She's a beautiful woman, and I don't know whether they played... Uh, they used that in the... And I maybe that's what... that Maybe thinking about... Maybe that's what I didn't like about her entrance. It's because it's not... It's, it's not... Her character as Black Widow is yeah. not about the fact that she's a you know she's a really hot woman no. and yet she's but, a badass but, but she looks what, she is a badass yeah right? and that's what but that's what that's what I like though Matt that in this and it, because I was thinking I was gearing up for it and I was thinking right I'm going to I want 2022 mindset on right I want to look into this film and go right actually does it pass the checks of not over over sexualizing a character that's absolutely doesn't need to be you know sexualized it's mm. not there and I, I thought actually there are shots and things set like i think tony like looks her up on like his version of facebook straight away doesn't he basically yeah but, yeah. but it's all done and and it, we I think this is where it's be good to get everyone like get some emails in get some thoughts. I think everyone's gonna have a different opinion. And uh, but I think actually we established the happy like she absolutely KOs him in the boxing ring. I think they 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 get the combat driven Black Widow in there. Um, I think there definitely, definitely is an argument that over the over the course of the films they remove. Uh, more like there are four, far more sexualized shots, like in the earlier films. Um, and that, this is about all female characters, right? And mm. they really pad those characters out uh, and move away from that over the course of the films. But I think, I think actually, it's not done too badly in this film. I think it's, it's I think it's, I think, I think you're right. I think they they play into the fact. Think of it from this perspective: she is an agent, right? She's been given a mission to pretend that she is this Natalie who is from legal and she's going to now be the new secretary for Tony Stark. What is Tony Stark like? Attractive women. Right. Okay. So you, you need to play up to that. All right. And so she's, so she, this is her mission. And you, and if you look at it from that kind of lens, you sort of understand, Oh, okay. So she's, she's done the, all these risky photos because she knew that Tony Stark was going to look her up. Right. And that might have swayed him to, you know, to employ her. And then he sees her take out happy. And there's this kind of like, you know, I think it's I think it's all done quite deliberately for the story and the narrative. And I think they do do it in a good uh, in, in, in a way that isn't just the fact that this is Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Monaco. 
Yes, we head to Monaco, um, where Justin Hammer, they go to a party. Justin Hammer's all over Tony like a rash, uh, just in front of the cameras. Um, We know that Ivan is on his way to Monaco. We see that that little shot of him receiving like his ticket. Um, uh, in the rain and the dark yeah. and edgy scene, which I quite liked. Um, and then we we also find out at this point that the toxicity of um, Tony's body is above fifty percent. Yeah, so he's he's not in a great way. He's not in great shape. Um, and at this point, it, uh, I put half an hour in and no clear villain fight. Oh, it was no. when I say clear villain. Clearly, Ivan was always going to be the villain, but we don't know. We didn't know anything about him. We don't know anything no. at this point in the film. We don't know about him. And that's probably one of my little gripes. Like as much as we were saying, you know, it sets up the villain really well, and, and of from the offset as well. But equally, uh, Ivan is effectively his. It's revenge story, right? Mm. For but on behalf of somebody else, of his father. Right, so Howard Stark and Anton had this relationship and they went it all wrong, but these two aren't revenging avenging each other, it's their sons that are doing it. I think that's interesting, but I don't think it gets played enough. The fact that their sons are fighting over something that happened with their fathers. The whole I think the way that the character is with these, you know, you know, when he appears, he's got these lightning things and his these whips, electrical whips. They're really cool. I think they're used very well in the film. But again, we I need a reason. I need a reason to the to the to this kind of villain, this outfit, this choice. Yeah. It feels like this the Monaco Grand Prix and this whole moment was a big moment in the comics. And I um, I I think that because there seems to be a huge emphasis on it. And a big old, like, we see Ivan and he's got his things that he's created. And and I wonder if it seems quite jarring. And and maybe the scene doesn't seem jarring to you, but to me it just just seems a little bit, well, this comes out of nowhere, because I I wonder if it stems from the comics and actually the lead-up to this Monaco and and maybe we see a lot more of of it, of Ivan Anton whatever we uh, over the course of uh, quite a few comics and because this has been wedged into might it might be this doesn't stem from the comics at all but if it does it feels like they've wedged it in right mm-hmm. because we know I suppose we know Tony's love of cars it makes sense that he would be a Monaco it's an expensive really expensive it's a higher motorsport it's the most expensive place to go Monaco absolutely makes sense for Tony right yeah. um it, it, it just feels a little bit wedged into this film like, it, it it's, it's a footnote it's a footnote isn't it in terms of the whole movie and in terms of the the that scene is a footnote in the movie. I I think you're right, mate. I think I I don't know whether it's in the. I'm trying to see if it's in the comics or not. Um, I don't know if it is, but like equally, I think it is the choice of putting it in that circumstance, in that world of sport. Like, fair enough. They're not going to go to the races and go see go to the Cheltenham Rear Horse Racing and yeah. do it there, right? I get that, obviously. And you can see, I understand maybe from the point of view that it's an expensive thing and, you, you know, a lot of playboys go there for those kind of things. But, but for Ivan, right, straight after that, 
all of the the whole emphasis of the film is is the expos, right? It, it starts with an expo. expo. He, he literally Ivan wants to go to the expo. Justin Hammer wants to cause Annika at, at the next expo. So why would it then? Why would Ivan prepare any everything that he was preparing to go to fucking Monaco? Like I just mm. don't, like you would want to go to the home. Of I am you want to cause most destruction to Stark Industries, right? Well, look at in this respect though as well. It is the sequel, isn't it? And and sequels do this a lot, where they go where they take their protagonist out of the home that they are in, which shows the global kind of recognition of Iron Man. So he goes to Monaco, he go, you know, he's flying around all these different parts of the world that people still know him. I don't know whether that was a choice because obviously the second Spider-Man movie is all set in Europe. It's all about you, you know, yeah. being away from home, isn't it? Yeah. Um, couple of things that I do like in that scene uh, is the absolutely random introduction to Elon Musk in that scene. Oh, do, you, uh, do you notice that? Didn't clock Elon Musk. No, what, he has what? a line in everything. When the, uh, I think it's I think it's just before the the race. Uh, Tony and Pepper Potts are going through the crowds of people, and they're sort of talking and they're schmoozing. Justin Hammer's there. He gets he talks to Justin Hammer, you know, insults him a couple of times, and then he I think it's either before or after he then has a line with Elon Musk and talks about uh, doing some sort of collaboration at some point. Elon Musk is in it, but equally, what do you think? about the Iron Man suit from the briefcase. <laughs> I, that, I need, I need, I need us to unpack this bit. Yeah. It, and, and this is what I mean, right? This whole Monaco, there was just weird shit happening in this Monaco. Like it almost feels like their version of going to Monaco is like Alice in Wonderland. Right, <laughs> Tony Stark enters Monaco, and in the weird, like Ivan killing like random like drivers. Like, why? He's just yeah. there. He's just there for Tony. And also, Tony wasn't even going to be driving. So, if Tony never drove, what was I? Ivan was dressed as a marshal for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I, I, it just it was weird. And then, yeah, so then the suit, <laughs> suit, suit in a briefcase, which we never get again. We don't have any answer to the beginning. We never get it again. It's just it's just a device to go, right, how else can he get his Iron Man suit, right? Oh, yeah, that's it. We'll get Happy and Gwyneth in a car. <laughs> I love I love that it's 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 shaped as the suit and everything. So, like, you're, you're getting happy to just literally just walk around. Yeah, what's that? What, what are you holding there? Oh, it's just an Iron Man suit. Or in a briefcase, yeah. What, are you a Transformer? Like... Yeah. <laughs> what i do love though is the mark V suit i think the the blend between silver and red mm. is pretty fucking cool um yeah and i will say that's pretty cool that's one of my favorite iron man suits out there that's for sure yeah yeah no it was, it, i did i did like it um <clears throat> nice nice introduction to ivan uh i would have just taken it out out of the context they gave it I just mm. there was a, there was a lot a lot of issues there. I think there's yeah. no I don't know if there's any reference to the actual superhero Whiplash because that's who he's meant to be, right? So he's meant to be the character Whiplash, but I don't I don't again think they use that at all. Should we should we skip forward? Skip forward. Skip that. Skip that. Skip that. <laughs> uh, so Ivan's in prison, but he escapes. He escapes, doesn't he? Ivan escapes 
from the prison and uh, finds himself, then goes into uh, a couple of guards, put a cover over his head, and then immediately he's in a hangar um, uh, with Justin Hammer, in a hangar with Justin Hammer, having dinner. Uh, and they propose, basically, Justin Hammer's got, look, i got the tools, you've got the brains, I'm doing this, I'm creating a super kind of Iron Man soldier machine type thing, um, why don't you help me do that? And effectively, that is what that scene is. It kind of like merges uh, Ivan into the main story, doesn't he? Because up until that point, he was a side plot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, um, gripe, uh, uh, gripe number two, if you count Monaco as a gripe, but next gripe is the, um, I don't know if it was Marvel Trump thinking it was a funny like joke but it actually got a bit overly repetitive was um ivan's inability to talk in any way to to hammer like as in, oh yeah you just keep speaking russian or not speak i'm like but the problem is you can only do that if he's also not speaking to tony like like it, it basically it's implying that this dude is a bit of an introvert you know he doesn't really talk to people because he has no reason not to speak to hammer Right, yeah. there's no like uh, Hammer's. He's a bit of a douche, but there's that like there's no reason to 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 not speak to him. Right, speak to him in Russian is one thing, but and it, and then they keep using that, and Hammer's like, I don't speak Russian. Like it, I just don't. I didn't understand what that was because it wasn't funny. <laughs> no, they use those kind of things. I feel like in movies as kind of a power play, where you're like, I'm the person in higher status than you because i'm talking in english and you're a russian and you're of a lower status and there is that kind of you can see in the film the fact that he's kind of reacting to the butler going around him giving him all the drinks and he's having all this lovely you know five course meal maybe and and i I feel i feel like they use that and it's just it's unnecessary yeah next uh uh, piece of symmetry between this film and the and the first film Yep. Uh, was uh, something I laughed about. So you remember in the first film, we go in quite uh, quite some depth, uh, Matt, about the fact that uh, Tony is um, making a suit and most definitely not a Jericho weapon, right? Yeah. So in this this time, uh, he uh, we see Ivan making basically his whips, right, uh, instead of uh, working on a suit like he should be. Right. And same argument again. Someone like Hammer, right? He had two bodyguards watching him, right? The whole time. He would have had bodyguards all of the time watching him at certain points, right? At no point was that was that whiplash anything to do with the Iron Man suit. So at what point did they go, poor cry? Yeah, that's that's a that's one hell of a spine to put put in the back there. It's not a spine, mate. That's He's literally going to be whipping that all about. That's literally, yeah, that's true. Right. If you if you had those whips, if you had that suit on, what would be the first thing you whip in half? What would you want to whip in half? Because it does look quite. You know when you see those videos of like that, like somebody cutting sand, like yeah. a block of sand, and you're like, oh, that's really relaxing. That's why like, I like those cakes that are like objects. Yeah, so like you might have a mug that is a cake, and they cut and then you it. cut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, you know, if you had that to to a larger extent, what would you want to chop uh, in half? 
out of all of the questions I thought you might ask me about this film, <laughs> that has genuinely what? stumped me. What would I? What? I know. Have, have you got? Have you got something? I think I do. Oh yeah, what's that? Mine. <laughs> mine would be a tank. Because <laughs> something you, you feel like is naturally quite impenetrable, and you, you, you th- I'd assume that could go through pretty much anything because it went through an F one car, like sliced bread. So I'd go like that, straight through a tank and be like, yeah, my whips. I would do like, um, I would put like either like a big barrel full of fuel. So basically something that was set alight. So I'd want to whack it in half and then there's just a burning inferno left. That would excite me. That's nice. That would excite me. Maybe, oh, do you know what, right? You know, you go to a uh, petrol station. Yeah. And he'd, I would just use the whiplash. I'd go, you know, above the roof. So you've got all the little, all the filling up refueling stations. And you've got that piece of roof above it, right? Just in case your car gets wet. No one wants a wet car or a wet, yeah. wet fuel. <laughs> and uh, have your little roof, right? On the forecourt. I would just absolutely batter that in half. All of the pet, all of the petrol refueling stations explode. Cars go up in in flames. I walk away like an absolute fucking mate. I like that. Yeah, that's uh, good. And it, do you know what? Do you know what I do before? Quickly go into the uh, garage shop, get a bag of quavers, and I'd walk away. <laughs> get some quavers. I'd love to see. Iron Man eat quavers for some reason now. Just fucking burning in front of behind me. The party fight scene. I love it. It's this DJ, DJ Iron Man. It's one. It's Iron Man and War Machine's first fight. So basically, Tony Stark gets drunk. He's had enough. He's dying. He's going. This is it. My last party. This is what I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna go out and guns blaze. But basically, yeah, Rhodes. Um, yeah, basically, Rhodes goes. You know, to Pepper Potts. Look, he doesn't sort himself out. I'm gonna go get a suit. And I'm gonna sort him out. Basically, that's what happens. Um, and then there's this fight in the Malibu penthouse. I think it's great. I think it's. I think it's. It's comedic. It's it's like watching two brothers drunkenly fight each other in Iron Man suit. It and then it kind of just then just ends with Iron Man kind of effectively in a heap on the ground, um, mm. with then War Machine taking the suit to the government, and then they go and weaponize that, and then obviously then comes Justin Hammer uh, to weaponize Rhodes it. Rhodes goes rogue, is what. Yeah, I mean, but it, but it does because then it goes straight into then introducing. Yeah. Uh, Fury, man. Nick Fury, yeah. And the donut moment. That donut is probably, moment. Probably one of my finest Nick Fury moments. Uh, absolutely nowhere. Tony's hanging in a donut. It's an iconic moment, I think, in MCU history now. Yeah, yeah. Such a good scene. Get out of the donut, and uh, Tony says that he doesn't want to join Nick Fury's super secret boy band. No, and obviously this is the, when we reveal that uh, Natalia is actually working with S.H.I.E.L.D. and she comes in on as Black Widow and he's kind of like, oh, all right, thanks for that. Um, I think it's it's great again. And he kind of effectively through his kind of turmoil, Iron Man's turmoil, he gets 
effectively put under house arrest by shield and they basically give him a crate and then uh, um carson turns up which is wonderful uh, and what's quite nice is that carson I think later on another scene when he's under house arrest, he kind of asks him what he's been up to. He says, I've been busy. And the whole I've been busy line is the fact that I've been busy looking for Thor's hammer, Mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty cool because that's what happens later on. Um, Um, uh, uh, Next gripe, Nick Fury scenes in this, it all seems super um, quick. Like too quick. So like that moment's not fleshed out enough for me. It's a big reveal, big like intro, like full introduction to Shield. Really, like we've seen Nick, we've seen Agent Carlson, uh, but now they've met. Now they're together. Nat and Nat- Natalie's in the for- uh, in the um, forefront of it as well. Yeah, that's underplayed. Also, right, we finally get, and I'm going to I'm skipping forward a little bit here. We get a scene between Nick Fury and Tony. Right. Mm-hmm where there is a shed load of information regarding Anton and Ivan, Ivan, that is released by Nick, right? He, he And this, the whole film centres around Ivan, right, as the villain. Yet that scene with Nick Fury and Tony, where Tony, this is the first Tony learns of, of that, learns of, it, like, the uh, Anton's uh, involvement in Stark industry, all of that. Right? Yeah, it is over in a, as soon as it turns up. Right. I think you're right. I, it's a gripe. That's a, do you know what I'm sort of realising? We've got more gripes than I thought we would in this movie. But I, 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 I'll get, when we get to this, you know, I think I've, I've got a thought at the end. But at this point as well, you know, the story shifts, doesn't it? It becomes that the wider world become a part of the main story. So Nick Fury, Black Widow is part of it. Pepper Potts becomes part of it. Justin Hammer and Ivan, the, the, the sides are being created and war, and war machines in the middle of all of this as well, being used by the government and, and you know, then and effectively the suit being weaponized and being used against him as well. Um, there's one bit, I just want to hark back to the kind of the donut scene uh, very briefly, just because of a line that is said by, Tony, uh, by Nick Fury, where he basically, like a dad, tells him off, goes, look, I don't have time for you. I don't have time for your kind of, BS, mate. You got. I gave you an option. You need to sort yourself out. All that kind of. Stuff. And he says, "I have other things important." I think there's a line like that where he has, "I have other things more important than you." And you kind of think about like Captain America, Captain Marvel, all the things that happened in that movie. That's all happened before that, before this moment. Yeah. And you go, "Oh my god, yeah, he's." So, and more on that, right? Because and I heard, yeah, he says bigger problems in the southwest region oh oh it's because it's where they find thor's hammer isn't is in the southwest region oh there you go yeah Yeah. i was just i love that little nugget mate no that's cool that's really cool and again this is tony stark has no idea at this point of what's going on outside you know not even the the his country but the planet and beyond the planet and all that kind of stuff isn't it's crazy what happens is just after that film we go well we're kind of fasting ourselves forward but like by this point war machines being weaponized by justin hammer's equipment ivan venko from his secret bunker is uh weaponizing 
uh, all of Justin Hammer's tech to be used against him. They all go to the expo. The idea is to show Tony Stark and the world that Justin Hammer is, is the leading tech industry. And they go to the expo uh, and then uh, Justin Hammer's there being all kind of Steve Jobs, you know, introduces the the Marines, the the Navy, and they all come up with these different, you know, different machines, they're kind of like weaponized machines, looking kind of similar to like, it's like a, I, it looks like a mix mixture between the Star Wars uh, drones mm. and Iron Man suits. If they were to have had a baby, that's what they and, would and, have and, become. And, and I suppose it's quite important to add at this point, Ivan's gone against uh, yeah, Hammer's kind of uh, instructions. So the whole idea was that these were supposed to be suits that were worn by the military. Uh, however, um, Ivan said, no, you want drones. You want drones that can be run from somewhere else, which is exactly what Ivan ends up doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this big, big fight mm-hmm. scene starts by Ivan working away in his little little corner somewhere else um and absolutely it causes anarchy i love i i you know this is when the big fight sort of, sort of kicks off the kind of final battle effectively so war machine gets weaponized by ivan and war machine and all these drones go after iron man as he comes you know iron man comes in and goes look you're you're in danger ivan's you know behind all this and he's working with justin um and then the fight breaks out and everybody's in panic and obviously your thing about you know, being worried about the people. There is a lot of people at this expo. We saw a little kid with the Iron Man hat on uh, and he puts his hand out um, in front of uh, well, the... Oh, it must be in front of a drone, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. In front of a drone. Uh, and, then Iron, and then Tony comes in and saves the day for this little kid. So Rhodes, in the first film, like I said earlier, he the, the army are attacking... Uh, Iron Man, because at that point I don't realise that Tony is in the is in that um, uh, armor, so he doesn't realise he's in the suit. Where it, and then in this film, you've got Rhodes is attack in War Machine attacking Tony because Ivan has control of the suit. I quite mm-hmm. and I quite like that. Like both films, Rhodes is trying to kill, <laughs> trying to kill Tony like inadvertently. Not yeah. like, I quite like it. Yeah. Um, so we then, then obviously then it kind of it gets to a point where they all kind of the the, the uh, we see the use the the use of shield the reason why shield are actually really good at what they do and uh, Natalia through this, all this bit is trying to fight off all the guards in Hammer Tech Industry to kind of intercept uh what's happening uh so basically she manages to take down uh system effectively kind of software system and kind of int- and brings it back to normal so basically ivan is out of the picture for the moment but then we go into this kind of main fight don't we because then obviously then they fight off the drones themselves in this kind of like japanese garden don't they it's really mm. lovely i think it's quite a nice little uh location actually for the fight and then but then all of a sudden out of nowhere ivan turns up in this makeshift whiplash suit. Yeah, Ivan turns up um, and quite like Monaco, he turns, but as quick as he arrives is pretty much as quick as he's gone. Um, and it, like it, he has a little bit at the end, but then pretty much he gets KO'd quite quickly. Uh, oh, by yeah. the a wonderful little uh, hand action. Um, mm. They and that's that's interesting. I don't know what 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 do they they don't have a name for that, do they? Really, the hand 
the that yeah, bit the hand move yeah. um, is used quite a lot in this film. Uh, yeah, it is. Kind of, you kind of establish Iron Man has this. They want to sell toys, mate. That's why. That's why they had that whole thing with the kid. True. True. Yeah. Selling Hasbro, toys, Hasbro, selling the merch. Hasbro must yeah. have been loving life. Big time. Big yeah. time. Um, I, I think you know from obviously so Ivan gets destroyed and then effectively the movie the movie kind of finishes at that point really pretty much but like we you know other bits happen with Mr Tony Stark don't they in terms of setting up for the Avengers but so I, I we do get Pepper we do get Pepper Potts kiss um, so yeah. he saves Pepper Potts from uh, a self destructing drone. Uh, and then they're on the rooftop. They have a little bit. Of, they do the typical like, oh, yeah, I don't like. Well, you shouldn't be CEO. Oh, you've got Zanik. Oh, um. Yeah. Yes, yes. They're not quite sure about that moment. Um, and then yeah, and then that is kind of you know it's kind get... of it. I I think this film, in, in conclusion, before we talk about the end credits, for me is. It's it is a it is a is a watchable, good, solid sequel of a superhero movie. It's not up there for me in terms of its top ones ever, but like it is, it is good. It's certainly better than some other sequel MCU movies. Um, but I think the problem with this movie is that because it's all set up, most I'd say 70% of the movie is set up, there's it's stacked. So I mean, we've mate, we've been talking for nearly two hours now. When that, you know, out of all the ones we've spoken about so far, mm. that is a reason because there is so much going on in this movie. You don't really have time to digest the context, what's going on. It's it's paced as well as it could be, but I think to the detriment of the setup, it's 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 okay it's good yeah it's good i'll watch it again of course i will but I, it's I, I i won't be thinking about it for you know for weeks on end after it you know what i mean got a question for you matt hmm. would this film be better if ivan wasn't part of the picture there was oh, no the- true villain didn't need a villain you could have had a mini fight with um uh, with Rhodes, if we completely got rid of Ivan, would this be a better film? Do you know what's really funny? I, I, for some reason, I didn't say it, but in the in my on my notes here, I have got, I've gone, villain is weak, is it needed? I, 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 I agree with 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 that. I and I and I do think the film would be better off if it was just set up. post credit scene. Oof. It's very short. It's very quick. Very quick. But it's exciting. And a lot of it is just a clip of a car. I've got a... It, I've got to say. In a dusty desert. Dusty desert. So we see car, desert... It's driving away, uh, and then as it stops, we see close up of uh, the number plate. Uh, Land of Enchantment, written in the like small letters at the bottom of the number it's plate. Very cool, isn't it? I like that moment. Um, it is, and it does say there's a subtitle, isn't it? I think of um, it says uh, in the southwest region 
as well. So it does confirm that what Nick Fury was saying is in fact about Thor's hammer. And obviously then it kind of like pans to the reveal of uh, Thor's hammer uh, amongst this massive crater. Uh, and, And it sets it up and then boom, we hear it ends on an echo of lightning, doesn't it? It's so good. Incredible. And I am absolutely thrilled that Thor, isn't it? I can't wait. I'm so excited for Thor. Um, I, 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 am, I am excited, but I do remember having some serious gripes with this movie when I watched it first. So I was like, oh, no. So I, I'm interested. I'm going to go in with curiosity, Forrest. I'm going to go in with professionalism because yeah. we take this podcast seriously, you know? We take it seriously. I'm going to go in with a fresh start, my friend, and see yeah. if those gripes aren't gripes anymore, because they might not be. So if you are listening along with us, do make sure you watch Thor yourself before you listen to the next podcast uh, so you can come and help and put in your thoughts as well. We really want to use this as an opportunity to have a discussion with people as we go forward. And obviously, so basically, it's probably quite apparent from this point is that we are doing blocks of uh, episodes. So we will read your emails out when it gets to our next block um, and see what your comments are. But this this is, oh, oh, I'm still I'm still feeling that kind of, excitement it's it's buzz i feel like i've settled into the pod a little bit Um, you know it's all good well this has been yet again an absolute joy drop us an email love to you all much love hero podcast at gmail.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening to another episode of Don't Be a Hero podcast. If you have any comments, feedback, or any thoughts, email us at don'tbeaheropodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other streaming platforms for future content. And to keep up to date on all things Don't Be A Hero, follow us on our Instagram or our TikTok at Don't Be A Hero Podcast. We'll see you there.